0: If you have your Bible or your phone or your pad, turn with me to Psalm 77 and Matthew chapter 19. Psalm 77 and Matthew chapter 19. This morning we're just going to continue in our series um, that we're called Turning Points. And um, today we're going to talk about believing for a miracle. Do you guys believe in miracles? How many of you believe in miracles? Well, you know, um, some people don't believe in miracles. They they believe that some people believe miracles ceased when the New Testament era ceased. But uh, I don't believe that. I believe I believe Hebrews thirteen eight, which says that that uh, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Y'all believe that? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, what, to me, what that means is that the same Jesus that did miracles in the Bible times is the same Jesus that's living today. And if he did miracles, then he can do miracles now. Amen. God is still in the miracle working business. Would you agree with that? Psalm 77 and 13 says, your ways, O Lord, are, are O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. And you display your power among the peoples. You know, the psalmist declare that our God is a God who performs miracles among his people. Amen. And so, um, you know, what, what, what's a miracle? Miracle is when God does something in your life that could never happen in the natural. When God breaks in and it just defies logic. Amen. How many of you know that God still does that stuff. Whenever there's nothing in the natural that seems like you could you could get a breakthrough or something positive could happen, that's when God comes in and just blows people's minds and makes the non-believers scratch their head and say, hmm, I wonder what that was about. You know, Tanya and I received a miracle about 18 years ago. And uh, it's not the only miracle we received, but it's a prominent miracle in our life. You know last week I was telling you about uh you know when we got married when Tanya fell in love with me remember me telling that story <laughs> And uh you know we got married and uh after we'd been married for a year or two we decided uh you know we wanted to start a family And after several years of um of of not being able to have any children we decided well we're going to go you know uh to the physicians and see you know, if there's any problems, it might be just a, you know, just a slight complication or whatever. So we did. We went to the, we went to the physicians and uh, we did tests. Tanya got tested first and, and then I got tested. She, she checked out fine. And uh, then I did some tests and, uh, you know, waited a while. I think it was, you know, about a week or something. And I remember exactly where I was. I can remember, uh, I can remember so much detail about the time whenever the doctor called back and uh actually was uh we were we it was a, like a saturday morning i think or or morning whenever i was off and we were just kind of we just kind of hanging out just uh laying in bed just talking and the phone rang picked up the phone and the physician said todd this is dr so and so i got your results back from your tests and it's not good it doesn't look good at all there's more than one problem And medically speaking, it's impossible for you to have any children. Well, man, if you think you could fall any lower than laying in a bed, I felt like I hit the ground. Whenever that doctor told me that, you ever had a word like that? Whenever that doctor, you know, physicians carry a lot of weight because they're the specialists, right? And when somebody, when a doctor gives you a word like that, man, it hits you like a ton of bricks. And I can remember after I got that word, that, um, that man, I, I can remember just feeling like the spiritual wind got knocked out of me. And I can remember just, just uh, hearing those words over and over again. Medically speaking, you can never have any children. Medically speaking, you can never have any children. I can remember walking through the department stores. And I can remember it was just not long after I got that word. And I happened to be walking through Walmart. And I, I went the long way to where I was going and I walked right through the baby department and I can remember looking around at all the infant stuff and beginning to weep in Walmart thinking, man, am I ever going to get a chance to use all this stuff? Man, it was it was really a dark time. I struggled with the thought of, wow, I may never, ever get a chance to do that. And, uh, you know, it was really a dark time in Tony and walk. It was a dark day. And, um, you know, I knew I was supposed to have faith and I knew I was supposed to believe God. But quite honestly, I didn't have too much of it. I didn't I I didn't feel like no man, no me, no major great man of faith. You know, quite honestly, I felt very faithless during that time. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I was feeling like that father who had a demon possessed son and said, Lord, I believe, just help my unbelief. That's what I, I that's what I felt. And then one day, you know, I, I can't remember the time frame, but I can remember again, I was in my living room just having prayer time. And I was just praying. Not particularly about this, I was just praying. But of course, whenever you got something like that that you you dealing with. It's kind of hard not to think about it or pray about it when you're praying. And so I'm in my living room praying. And I'm just crying out to God for God's hand of grace, God's hand of blessing. And as I'm praying, I'm walking around. And up on the entertainment center, I noticed this plaque that one of the teenagers had given Tanya and I for Pastor Appreciation Month or Christmas or something. I don't remember what it was, but on that plaque, it got my attention. And when I looked at that plaque, it contained a verse. And it's the verse in Matthew chapter 19. In verse 26. And it says this. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, come on, that verse couldn't have been more tailor written for me than any other verse. Amen. Amen. Medically speaking, you can't have any children. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Listen, when I read that verse, something changed in me. All I can say is I went from being totally discouraged and faithless to being encouraged and just infused and filled with faith. Amen? Something happened. I just had faith to receive a miracle. And that day, Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26 became a turning point in my life. Now, after that experience, I can't tell you how many times I prayed that verse and I declared that verse. And I prayed that verse and I declared that verse. Every time I would get discouraged, I would say, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Whenever I just felt like, there was no chance of it ever happened. I remember that verse and I would declare, God, with man it's impossible. But with you, all things are possible. Amen. You know, I tell you, I can't tell you how, you know, the time frame. I don't remember. But I can remember that day, that time said, I got some, I got some something I need to tell you. I said, well, what's that? You know, whenever your spouse says, I got something I got to tell you, you know. You stop breathing. <laughs> right? <laughs> this, You know, did I mess up again? Or you know what it is, you know? And she said, I think I'm pregnant. And the great man of faith that I am, I said, no, I don't believe, I can't believe. Here I am declaring God with all things impossible. Honey, I think I'm pregnant. Oh, no way, no way. No, that can't be. And so, you know, I saw again the great man of faith. I said, well, let's wait a while and and let's, let's wait a while and check it again, you know. And so, uh, you know, it took forever for me to get on board with, Hey, she might be pregnant. Would you know the short of the long is, Nine months later, Olivia Faith Menard was born. And the world has never been the same since. (laughs) Amen. Look how world, here she comes. Amen. And so listen, I'm telling you that story to tell you God is still in the miracle working business. He's still in the miracle working business. Everything in the natural realm said there's no way. But yet, we have a child. Amen. This morning, God is performing miracles all across the world. There's miracles taking place everywhere. You know, I don't know if you believe this, but I believe some miracles took place right here at this altar this morning. I believe it. Amen? Listen what Job, verse 9 and 10 says. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. Miracles that cannot be counted. How many of you need a miracle in your life right now? You could use a financial miracle, a relational miracle, an emotional miracle, a physical miracle, a spiritual miracle. you got a need in your life that in the natural doesn't seem like it could ever take place. Anybody like that? there got to be a few people in this room that need something like that. Amen? Well, listen, Whenever, whatever your need may be, I want to encourage you that you can receive a miracle. I, can I encourage you to believe for a miracle? Believe for a miracle. Why? Miracles happen to those who believe in miracles. Miracles happen to those who believe in miracles. You need to believe for a miracle. Listen, when you study the miracles in the Gospels, there's some, there's a lot of them in there. But there's some common ingredients of those who receive miracles. And you know, I just want to encourage you to read through the Gospels and read some of the miracles the Lord performed. And focus on the person that received the miracle. And study their behavior. Study their activity. Study their confessions. Study what they said. Look at the miracle from the one who received the miracle's perspective. And I believe you're going to learn some ingredients of what releases miracles in people's lives. Today, I want to just give you four ingredients of what I believe is ingredients to receiving a miracle. The first one is this. Having a need or problem you cannot naturally meet. You know, listen, if you can meet your need naturally, you don't need a miracle. If you can do it on your own, or you could call up the federal government, or you could call up the local, you know, drugstore, then you don't need a miracle. But whenever you have a problem or a need that you cannot meet with natural means, you become a candidate for a miracle. Amen? Every miracle begins with a need or problem that cannot be met by man. It all starts there. Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? That miracle was a result of a need that could not be met by man. Remember that miracle? It's in Matthew chapter 14. It's a great story. It's one of the most uh, well-known miracles. But let me just read just a few verses of it. Matthew 14, 14. Jesus saw the huge crowds as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. And they said, but we have only five loaves of bread and two fish they answered. Now, the disciples had a need. They had a problem. They couldn't meet in the natural. Jesus says, hey, you see these 5,000 people? Go ahead and feed them because they're hungry. And, you know, as you read that story, it says there were 5,000 men, so they might have had 10,000. And the disciples said, are you kidding me? This is all we got right here. I mean, a couple of loaves of Evangela made bread and five sockele. I mean, what do you want us to do with that? You know, so listen, they had an entire crowd to feed with five loaves of bread and two fish. And so, you know what? But their problem positioned them to receive a miracle. Look at what verse 18 says. Bring them here, he said. Bring what here? The fish and the loaves. Then he told the people. To sit down on the grass, Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate so much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. That was a miracle. How many of you would agree? Five loaves of bread and two sacrales, not supposed to feed 10,000 people. Amen, it's not supposed to do that. But listen, two things to remember when you need a miracle. Number one, remember to focus on the solution instead of the problem. Verse eight, verse 17, the disciples said, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. That's what they answered. The five loaves of bread and the two fish represented the disciples' problems and limitations. But Jesus said to the disciples, bring them here to me. But before the disciples could experience a miracle, they had to bring their problem to the Lord. Amen. How many of you know you can't receive a miracle until you bring the problem to the Lord? And so, in other words, they had to shift their focus from on their loaves and the fish. And they had to fish them on, put them on Jesus. Amen. And I think what that means for us is we got to quit looking at our limitations. And we got to quit looking at our problems. And we got to start looking at Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so are you focused more on your problems than you are on the miracle working God? It's time to get your focus off your problems and on Jesus. Amen. And that's what that's what happened to disciples. They first had to get their focus right. And then the second thing to remember when you need a miracle is remember God's unlimited ability to change the problem. And so, verse 9, then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the what? The problem. The five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and he blessed them. What did Jesus bless? Jesus blessed what represented the problem. How many of you know Jesus can bless your problem? Jesus can bless your limitation. Jesus can bless your need. Amen. How many of you know he could take a little bit and make it a lot? He can, take, he can take something natural and make it supernatural. Come on, he can take just a little bit and he can stretch it out to, to last a long time. He can cause your shoes to not wear out. Amen? He can cause you to have... He can cause you to pour out some oil out of your jar and somehow some more oil gets in that jar. Jesus is a miracle-working God and he can do miracles if we will believe in him. Amen? Amen. See, whenever I was praying and I saw that scripture... You know, something happened in me and, and and you know, and I think what happened was all of a sudden I took my focus off my problem. Like that scripture got my focus off my problem and got him on God. Amen. It got him on the Lord. And so, you know, Matthew nineteen twenty six says, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. In other words, focus on God that can do the impossible instead of what you're looking at that seems impossible. Remember, Peter, as long as he looked at Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. But as soon as he got his eyes off of Jesus and on the winds and the waves, what happened to him? He sunk. There's a principle there. The more you let your problems get your attention, the more you're going to sink. The more you get your eyes off of your problems and onto Jesus, the more you are going to walk on water. Amen. Come on. God has called us to walk on water. A second ingredient to receiving a miracle is this. Faith in God's ability to perform a miracle in Mark chapter ten, you know they got this story about this lady that received a miracle. Remember that story of that lady that was bleeding and received a miracle? I want you to see something mark 1046. they came to Jericho and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd and a large crowd a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. and when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me." Thought this was the lady with the bleeding, but she's, this guy was blind. He, he wasn't bleeding. Verse 48. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet. And he kept crying all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, stand up. He's calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and he came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, to him, Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go. Your faith has made you well. Immediately, he regained his sight and began following him on the road. Now, I want to ask you a question. What did Jesus acknowledge was the key to blind Bartimaeus receiving his sight? Why did he receive his miracle? Didn't Jesus say in 52, your faith has made you well? So somehow, Faith has something to do with us receiving a miracle. Don't you agree? Listen what Matthew chapter 9 verse 29 says. According to your faith will it be done to you. Wow. What? According to my faith? I get to choose what God does in my life? If I want to believe for a miracle, then I can receive a miracle. Isn't that what Jesus is saying according to your faith? Faith is like a key... That unlocks the door to miraculous provisions from God. And listen, you know, how many of you in here are born again Christians? You're saved. Let me see your hands. You know, the reason why we became Christians is we had faith that Jesus could save us, right? But do you know you can have faith to be saved but not believe God for other things? You can have limited faith in your life. But the more that we don't have limited faith, the more we can receive from the Lord. Amen? And so faith is the key that unlocks. In Mark chapter 9 verse 23, Jesus said, anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible. Wait, are you kidding me? Did that verse say anything is possible to him who believes? Do you mean things that the doctors say cannot happen, can happen if you believe? Do you mean that an incurable disease could be cured if you believe anything means a miraculous thing? It means things that define logic and divine the natural realm. I believe that things can happen whenever we simply have faith. Faith unlocks the door to the miraculous in our life. Do y'all believe this this morning? You know, listen, if you will dare believe you, some miracles can be unlocked in your life. But you know what? Just as faith unlocks the miraculous, unbelief locks the miraculous. Faith unlocks the miraculous and unbelief locks the miraculous. Listen what, listen what Jesus said. Remember when Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth? Bible says in Matthew 13, 58. So he didn't, he did only a few miracles there. Only a few miracles. Why? Because of their what? Their unbelief. Unbelief kept the Nazarenes from receiving miracles. Wow. Unbelief will keep us from receiving miracles. Question is, what is unbelief? Well, unbelief is having a lack of faith. Or listen, stubbornly refusing to believe or act in accord with God's word. That's what unbelief is. You know, some people don't receive the blessing of tithing because they don't believe. They have unbelief. Well, that's a that's a old testament and they, they they build a case. Well, just sit in your unbelief. But how many of you know belief unlocks, unbelief locks? Unbelief, you know, doubt. We normally use the word doubt and unbelief kind of, Lord help me with my doubt and my unbelief. It's two different things. You know, doubt is ignorance caused by a lack of information. Or an improper balance of information, but unbelief is a decision to stubbornly not believe what God's word says. And sometimes there's something inside of us that resists the word of God. James four seventeen says, "Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, to him it is sin." What sin? It's the sin of not believing God's word. It's the sin of unbelief. Unbelief is stubbornly refusing to believe or act on what God says. Listen what Matthew 13, 58 says, and I think this is the Amplified. And he did not do many works of power there because of their unbelief, their lack of faith in the divine mission of Jesus. Why did the Nazarenes not receive miracles? Because they said, oh, that's just Jesus. That's Joseph's son. They didn't have confidence that Jesus could do miracles. You know, Brother Francis used to say all the time, it seems like lost people can get a miracle quicker than Christians can sometimes. You know why? Because because, because unbelievers, they, they have an easier way of listen, hearing and, and of believing the Word of God. Sometimes we build up a resistance to the Word of God. And whenever you build a resistance to the Word of God, that's when your heart becomes harder. If you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. And so the question is, are we going to believe in God's ability to do miracles or not? And the answer is, gang, yes, we are. We are going to believe. Amen. And even if we have to say like that father, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I know you can do a miracle right now. I'm struggling to, to believe it fully. But God, help my unbelief. Lord, take, take that thing out of my life. Get it off of me, Lord. I want to believe and I want to trust you. Amen. Wow. And so listen. Another ingredient to having a miracle is believing. Now, how many of you believe in miracles? Let me see your hands. How many of you believe God can do a miracle in my life? Let me see your hands. How many of you believe God can do miracles in other people's lives? How many of you believe God can do a miracle in your life? Now, hold up. How many of you believe that God can do a miracle in that area of your life? That's a problem. That's a need. You know, generally we could say, yeah, I believe in God to do miracles. But sometimes, brothers and sisters, whenever we're faced with something that's against all odds, it gets more difficult. But I want to encourage you today. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your faith. Trust God, even though everything around you says It's not going to happen. Amen. Are you all with me out there? A third ingredient to receiving a miracle is having the ability to press through the spiritual opposition. Now we're going to get to the lady that had the bleeding. Remember her? Twelve years. Twelve years this woman had a hemorrhage. She was bleeding. And she learned what it was to press through opposition. In Luke chapter 8, and verse 43, the woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. And immediately her hemorrhage stopped. And Jesus said, who is the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, the people are crying and pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone did touch me, for I was aware that power had gone out of me. When the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him and declared in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, we need to, we need to remember something about this little lady that got a miracle that day. See, because of her bleeding, according to Levitical law, she was considered ceremonially unclean, and not allowed to be around anyone. And not even allowed to be in the synagogue. She wasn't allowed to go to church. For 12 years. She was considered unclean. And whenever she got around people. She had to say unclean, unclean. Because if somebody touched her. They became unclean. And by law she had to tell everybody. She was unclean. How would you like to go around your life. at every time you go to the mall. Unclean, unclean. And everybody just. Jets out from under you because they don't want to be unclean and not be able to go to church for 12 years. This is where this lady was. So for 12 long years, she was forbidden to have any physical contact with the outside world, with any human beings. And for 12 long years, she was not able to go to the synagogue and worship the Lord. And so whenever she heard about Jesus, that's why it says she came up behind him. I think she was like "Still, She said, I'm not, I know I'm not supposed to be here. I know I'm not sp- welcome here. I know I'm not even supposed to touch anybody. I don't want to touch anybody. But if I can just touch Jesus, if I can just touch Jesus, I'm going to get healed. And so, but despite her ceremonially unworthy state, she chose to press through her unworthiness to receive her miracle. Amen. She had to press through the spiritual opposition of unworthiness. Sometimes we don't receive a miracle because we say we're not worthy of a miracle. And again, our eyes on our worthiness instead of His worthiness. She had to press through the spiritual opposition of people's opinions. What would they say? What would they think? She didn't worry about that. She even had to press through her own mental barriers of, I'm not, I'm not I can't go there. I can't do that. I can't have that. But yet, despite all odds, she decided to press through the opposition, press through the crowd, touch the, touch the robe of Jesus, and she received a miracle. Listen, if we want to receive a miracle, we need to press through our opposition. We need to press through everything around us, the people That say that you won't receive a miracle, the the unworthiness that you feel, what people say, what people feel, you got to break through all of that to get your miracle. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Those who receive miracles learn to press through the spiritual opposition. I'm telling you, sometimes a miracle won't just fall out of the sky and hit you on the head. Sometimes, man, you just got to go through the crowd. You got to go through the spiritual barrels that say, no, they're always going to be that way. You're never going to see a change in your life. You cannot just bank on it. They're going to be like that the rest of your life. And you got to hang on to the horns of the altar and say, Jesus is an impossible. A worker. It doesn't matter what my mind says, what others say, what it looks like in the natural. Jesus said miracles can happen. And you got to believe God for that. Amen. He is a miracle working God, isn't he? 1 Timothy six twelve. Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to eternal life. To receive a miracle requires to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. Whenever, listen, whenever they, whenever that doctor said, Todd, medically speaking, you can't have a child, the enemy told me exactly why. Well, you did drugs all those years. You messed up your body, dude. He didn't say do. That was my word. (laughs) You know, so what the enemy says, well, yeah, of course, man. You can't expect a miracle. You think you could do drugs for all those years and and think you could just have a baby? Oh, who do you think you are? And all of a sudden the barrage started. And right now in this room, the enemy's telling some of you, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to think you can have a miracle? You're not good enough for a miracle. I mean, you're not no giant, no big old patriarch of God thinking you can receive. Yeah, Elijah had miracles. Jesus had miracles. You know where close to Elijah or Jesus. But can I tell you something? That Jesus said I didn't have to be Moses or Elijah to have a miracle. I just needed to believe. Can you believe? You can receive a miracle. I think the Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. And all things pass away and behold all things. Didn't the Bible say that? Well, wait a minute. If the enemy says this and the Bible says that, I mean, okay, which one should I hang on to? Come on. Believe. You will receive. But it's a fight. You've got to fight the Bible says in Matthew 11, 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has forcefully been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. You know what I believe that means? I mean that believe, I believe that means, figuratively speaking, you hold on to the horns of the altar, you hold on to the promises of God, and even when everything around you shouts, it's going to fail, it's not going to happen, you can't be blessed, you can't rebound from this, you can't expect anything positive in your life, you hold on to the horns of the altar and you say with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And if you don't get it yet, you just hold on to the arms of the altar and you say with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. It's a fight. It's a battle. And so we need to hold on. Finally, a fourth ingredient to receiving a miracle is relying on the supernatural power of God. Remember the verse. Humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with who? Where's the key? Who who makes the impossible possible? God. Philippians four thirteen says, "For I can do everything, all things through who who strengthens me." Zechariah four six says, "It's it's not." It's uh, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by nor by, but how by my who does it? It's God. It's the spirit of God that does it. So listen, that lady with the issue of blood, she wasn't relying on on, you know, finishing up the ceremonial cleansing. I mean, she could never get there. She was still bleeding. She spent all her money. But, you know, listen what it says in Mark 5, 25. In the interview, it says a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Where was her faith? What was the object of her faith? It was in the power of God. It was in the anointing of God. You see, sometimes we we struggle because we put our faith in, 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 in exterior things and natural things, but we need to keep our focus. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. Amen. Would you stand with me for just a moment? How many of you in here today are candidates for a miracle? You're a candidate for a miracle because it says having a problem, having a need that you can't solve with natural means. Let me see your hands if you think you're you're a candidate for a miracle. You're a candidate. Can I, to listen, there's a lot of hands... Let's just take a moment right here. Those of you that have your hands raised, I want you to just come and come up to this altar. I know you don't have to come up to this altar and, and that's not, you know, this altar is not the magic bullet, but there's something about, you know, just, you know, just your will, just stepping out. And come on, I just want to agree with you. You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know that, you know, that, that the miracle that we received had anything to do with anything I did or whatever. But, you know, I just know that whenever I read that verse, faith dropped into my heart. And I just begin to just, would you just step forward, you guys and girls that are up here. And... Wow, God. God, you see your people here today. I want you to just right, just present your need before God right now. Come on, give them your fish and your loaves. Come on, give them your fish and your loaves this morning. that need before the Lord this morning. Come on, do business with God. Come on, do you have faith in God's ability? Do you have faith in God's ability to do what you could never do in the natural? To do what you could never do in, the, in your own ability? With the provisions of man? Do you believe that God is still in the miracle working business today? Do you believe that God can do the impossible? That God can do the miraculous? Come on, let's make it more personal. Do you believe that God can meet that need that you're up here about? Do you believe that God can change that circumstance that you're up here about? Come on, it requires a decision on your part. Unbelief says, I don't believe God's Word. Faith says, I believe God's Word. Can you make a decision today that I'm going to trust God's Word to take me out of this place that I'm in? I'm going to trust God to part the Red Sea, to make the axe head float. I'm going to trust God to do what no doctor can do, what no man can do, what seems impossible in the natural. Come on, we got to press through the opposition of everything in us and say, God, I believe that you can do it. Come on, say that. I believe you can do it, Lord. Come on, say that. Tell him, Lord, I believe you can do it. Come on, just declare it. I believe you can do it today. Lord, I believe you can do it. Come on, men. Come on, women. Just make a declaration. Lord, I believe you can do it. Lord, I believe. Come on, let's break through unbelief. Lord, I believe you can do it. Come on. So come on, encourage yourself. I believe you can do it. I believe you can do it, Lord. I believe you can do it. I believe you can change it, God. I believe you can give me a breakthrough. Would you guys, all of you that are still in the pew, would you extend your hands out there and let, come on, let's believe. Come on, this is a family affair here. Let's believe God, that God is going to release his miraculous power this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you Father. Thank you Lord. Spirit of God come. Spirit of God come. Come on keep pressing in. Spirit of God come. Spirit of God come. Come on. Come on. Don't put faith in my words. Put faith in God. Don't put faith in this sermon. Put faith in God. Come on. Don't put faith in coming up to the altar. Put faith in God. Come on. Don't let anything stand in the way of God. Don't let anything stand in the way of your faith in God. Come on. Reach out to God right now. Reach out in your faith. Come on. Touch the hem of His garment Come on, reach out in your faith. Touch his cloak right now. Come on. Power is going to come out. Power is going to come out of him. As you reach out and touch him in faith. As you reach out and come on, reach out in faith. Touch him right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we're agreeing and we're believing that Lord, you're releasing miraculous power, a miraculous touch. This kind comes out by prayer and fasting. Lord, we declare right now that strongholds are breaking, bondages are breaking in the name of Jesus. Lord, Lord, we curse cancer, we curse disease, we break, Lord, we break the powers of darkness right now in the name of Jesus. We declare right now, through the power of the name of Jesus, that Lord, you are releasing a miracle in this place, in this house right now, in Jesus' name. Now listen, I think you got to give those fish and those loaves to Jesus. I think you got to hand them over now. I think you got to give them to him. He blessed the problem. He blessed the situation when it was given to Jesus. Come on, sometimes we hold it in our arms and say, Lord, would you bless the fish and the loaves? And the Lord says, well, why are you holding on to it if you want me to bless it? How about giving it to me? How about giving it to me? Come on, let's put it on the altar like Abraham placed Isaac on the altar. Can we put it on the altar today, saints? Come on, come on. It's not so easy. It's not so easy, but come on, let's put it on the altar today. Let's give it to God today. Let's give it to Him. Come on, just give it to Him. That impossibility. Just give it to Him right now. I trust that He's releasing a blessing over that fish and over that bread, over your circumstance. Against all odds, I trust God's blessing is coming. God's hand of grace is coming. Come on, do you receive it? Come on, just receive it. Say, Lord, thank you. Now just begin to thank Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, you've heard my cry. Thank you, Lord, you've heard my cry. Thank you, Lord, you've seen my need. Thank you, Lord. You're releasing grace right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, we're going to just sing a worship song unto the Lord. And as we do that, I want you just as a, as a living sacrifice, presenting yourself unto God. And we're presenting that need to God. Say, Lord, we're not going home with this need. We're not going home with this burden. God, we've given it to you tonight. Uh, today, Lord, we've given it to you. We're putting it on your altar today. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
1: Praise you, you Father. my every moments. You hold my every Do you, brothers, sisters? Oh, I trust in you. Come on, he holds every moment.
0: not from our head. Lord, you're all I need. You're all I need. Come on, Lord. All I need is to get a miracle. Take a moment. Let just God's touch, His presence just fill you right now. Let His Holy Spirit just come upon you. Come on, just release the burden. Release the fear. Release the disappointment. Release the discouragement. Just release it all right now. Just let it all go. He said, come to me if you're weary and you're burdened. I'm going to give you rest. Come on, he wants to make a transaction with you today. Come on, you give him your fish. You give him your loaves. He's going to give you rest. Come on, just let him give you rest right now. Just let him give you rest. Father, thank you. Just touching the hearts of your people today, God. God. I get overwhelmed with the best need your people i get broken over the best need of your people god you care so much more than i do you love your people so much more and god i know that the burdens and the cares and the needs that are represented here at the altar today that god you care about the needs and the people a whole lot more than i do so, God, I pray that you would just wrap your loving arms around them today. God, let them sense and feel your embrace, that they're not alone, that they're not by themselves, that you're on their side. Then, God, you're going to help them to walk on water. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace towards your people today. Lord, we believe that you are God of the miraculous. And we believe that you're still performing miracles today. And we're believing today that, God, you are performing miracles in our life. In Jesus' name. We pray. And everybody that agreed with that said, Amen. 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 Well, I trust God's going to give you a miracle. Amen? Amen. Let's hang on and believe God. Amen.